This is All Things Tibet Podcast, episode 28. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. I'm Taylor. And today we're going to start things off a little bit differently than we normally do. We will be discussing episode nine. Francesca, help me out with the title. Uh, Last Dance. Last Dance. Yes. Thank you. Taylor, thank you. Good I job, thought Taylor. Her, her friend, I actually had it something. available in her notes. So <laughs> I don't, I actually don't write it on my notes. Okay. Yes. Last Dance. This is prom. Okay. But today we're going to start off with a little discussion that we had on Twitter a couple of days ago. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Francesca. You asked, we asked, and then you all answered. The question was, tell us below why you think Tibet is a toxic couple. So a lot of you wrote in and uh, I'm just kind of going to go through the responses and then we could respond to the responses. And I'm very sorry if I butcher your name and or username. God, the first one right Here, off the bat. I just want to clarify, like we were asked to talk about this. Yes. We yes. did have yes. someone ask us like, hey, you know, I see a lot of people talking about how Tibet is a toxic couple. Will you talk a little bit about that? So that's why we're doing this. Yeah, because I think I could speak for all of us when we don't think Tibet is a toxic couple, the three of mm-hmm. us. Yeah, we would not be almost 30 episodes into a podcast about them if we thought that, clearly. Yeah. So in our own time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the first one I'm going to read here is from Kiwi Pit. Uh, toxic, no. Tina and Bet forget to communicate. <laughs> they fall back into old patterns, interpreting what they believe the other thinks, mostly Tina. They still have so much unsaid between them. I think that changed after the divorce too. I think it was shock. Um, now meeting Bet again, let her fall back in some of her old, she fell back in some of her old ways. She missed. Alas, Tina reacts, reacts with anger and uh, accusations like years before. I think communication, as we've talked about, so many times on this podcast is definitely their big issue. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of the communication that they do tends to be at the wrong times. Yes. I actually wrote, yeah. When they have these intense conversations about real things, it's always after one of them's already in a relationship again, or they've one of them's already royally fucked up or you name it something has already happened that they maybe could have avoided if they would have talked yes they seem to be honest with each other Mm -hmm. uh the l word random stuff says that and tina are not toxic they have selective hearing they hear what they want to hear when it comes to their individuality they're great at co-parenting they've just always suffered from speaking and listening to each other i agree l word random stuff (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Vicky says they can't make it work together and are jealous of each other when they are with other people. If they were my mates, I wouldn't want them to be together as they always end up hurting each other. But it makes great TV. Jeannie are the new stars of the show. Showtime, don't break us. Then someone <laughs> responded to that saying, exactly. Their story has always been compelling and intriguing. Every time I see both of them together on screen, I get very excited. It's beyond that and Tina. It's the magic that comes directly from Jennifer and Laurel. Yep. Yeah. I, have- I, I mean, agree. I think we've said this a lot. Molly and Becca said it when they were on that if this were a real life couple, no way would we be, we would be like, 
oh my god no please like get some help and I think it's important to recognize that there are certain things that you are going to find dynamic in fiction that you would not find engaging in real life and that's okay as long as you're not And I think that's part of the reason that it's important to make that distinction and that it's important to not hold Tibet up as the like pinnacle ideal of all lesbian relationships because they're not. Like that's not what makes their story compelling to me. Mm -hmm. What makes their story compelling to me is that they clearly love each other very much And that is great representation, but also that they have to fight so hard for it Mm -hmm. and that they are still doing that. Yeah. And Phoebe made a good point. Oh, sorry, you go. I was gonna say, I think that Gigi and Danny are are showing us what we had the opportunity to see with Tina and Beth if they would have actually maybe worked through some of their stuff a little bit more constructively the original series they're doing it right away which i can appreciate yeah and like phoebe said yesterday like we only saw bet and tina when they were apart for the most time but they were together more than they were apart we just didn't see it true either time yeah both times we've only seen them apart um we have someone says but i'm a fan of the character development i hate what they've done to bet and gen q i hope that if there's a season three the writers will will do a better job storyline because sometimes it's all over the place but thank god for the actors who stay true to the characters well that wasn't really about tibet so (laughs) toxic is a bit strong they've fully they never really communicated well well there's problems they're passive aggressive about they've both cheated neither of them are saints but bet seems to get the short end of the stick with ramifications of her actions now i will agree with that and not just because i'm a bet apologist no taylor i think especially in this upcoming episode what i've noticed with bet is like Bet will let Tina yell at her and Bet doesn't come back at her. I I've noticed that and especially I feel like in Gen Q, Tina will say something to Bet and Bet will take it and listen, process, but she never really comes back at Tina, not as strong as Tina comes at her. Oh, I don't <laughs> disagree all, with that. If you all could see mine and Taylor's face right there. That's <laughs> not why I'm making that face. But I mean, uh, uh, we could rewatch the show. We'll pull out the scenes. I am not making that face because of that at all. I am making that face because I have always highly disagreed with the concept of Tina cheating. I have never agreed with that opinion at all. Um, I don't, I I, wouldn't consider it full on cheating, but I do think that there was like, again, a communication issue. She needed to tell that what she was feeling, but she it just it's it's a gray area it's a very very gray area bet it had literally said you are no longer like my partner get out of my bedroom like uh, gray area great another time i'm bringing it to the polls <laughs> with with all the tina haters out there right now you really think a poll's gonna go well <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give them three days did Tina did Tina cheat on Bet with Henry in season three? Yes or no? Okay. Here we, Here we fucking go. Let's go, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Rudy, power of three, says this relationship is a lot. I don't think they communicate well. The passive aggressive comments kill me from Tina, especially this past episode. You want that to be a bully when it suits your purpose, then you don't at other times. The whole Hana get off again thing is tiring. Being together, work to be together, work for your stuff or split and be happy separately co-parenting your child. Stop bringing in other people to get hurt in the process. She said what she said. She did. She said it with her whole chest. She did. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, I disagree with some of it, but yeah. I can respect the opinion. Yeah. Um, here's another good one, I think. Uh, they are not a toxic couple. I agree, because toxic is a strong word. Like, there's toxic couples. Like, we all seen, my parents were a toxic couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People who say that, I'm curious to hear their explanation. Tibet symbolizes pure and the best type of love. When I think of Tibet, I think of a person that comes along to help take my mind off the best type of love. It does not compare. And someone said, agree. Yeah, I like that. Someone else said, they're not toxic. Two different personalities with different strengths. Love is deeper at the core of their soul. You can't change it. Maybe a fault, but not toxic. And then followed up with Tina and Bet love each other. And that's the end of everything. (laughs) See why? I see you. I hear you. I feel you. Um, I'm only going to talk about OGL word. Obviously, Bet was too controlling and she acts as if her stuff is always more important than Tina's. That's why I think the breakup was necessary in order for Tina to have her own space and life and grow beyond Bet. But it was also necessary for Bet to take a step back and realize that the world doesn't evolve around her. By season five, I think we saw the character development in both Bet and Tina, which is why it doesn't make sense for them to be divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for me they were bet was unfaithful all the time and that is not healthy for anyone especially yeah. Tina now they are not together so they have a relationship for only for Angie but they are not a couple okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's entitled to their opinion doesn't mean we're going to agree we we didn't say this was going to go well Tibet was more toxic at the beginning of the show. It was a relationship with zero balance in which Bet would control everything. Tina, and because of that, Tina was very dependent of Bet. Then when the relationship gained more balance, they started to give up on each other. When things got rough, the lack of, lack of peaceful communication, understatement, understatement of each other needs about their careers and their roles in relationship was the key issue. And now I think it's more about the fact that Bet is still in love with Tina and Tina is expecting... Things from Bet she can't give, like being sympathetic, friends with Carrie, and sending mixed signals. In conclusion, do I want them back together? Yes. So, interesting point here. I want to just point out. Okay. I do think it is ridiculous that Tina expects Bet to just be open arms loving with Carrie. As oh, 100%. Like, yeah. as if it's their second daughter or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. 100%. Red flags. Bet is yeah. never going to be accepting of this relationship the way you think she is. Yeah. Bet doesn't have to give her stamp of approval. And I think the fact that Tina wants Bet's approval so desperately is a sign that she is still in love with her. Like, yes, absolutely. Um, my good friend Cam says Bet thinks her stuff is more important. Tina doesn't speak up and is just passive aggressive. She'd rather run than confront Bet. Then then comes back because she knows Bet will take her back and they drag innocent people in their mess. Tina will make Bet the bad guy and doesn't own up to her own mistakes. Before someone says 
says that she did in the elevator. Her attempt was cut by Bet, but all the other times she, she will antagonize Bet about everything, including making her the bad guy with their daughter and not own up to her shit. Well, Cam, if you're a Tina anti, why don't you just say that? She's not a yeah, Tina really. anti. Really? She's not. I promise you she's not. <laughs> mm, because I'm sensing some hostility hot off the press here. No, she's just calling it like it is. And I don't always, I don't disagree with her. I love Tina just as much as the next person. And I, they all have their faults. I think Tina has some major faults as well and some issues. I think she antagonizes Bet. I think she comes after Bet sometimes for things that she shouldn't really come after her for. Like in this episode, we will talk about when she comes after Bet for promising Jordy that Angie will make it to prom. Like that was hostile. That was like a bit strong. Hmm. Moving on. I'm going to we'll get there. I'm going to read Rakeley's comment because that's okay. I think they are toxic in a way that they don't know how to communicate. They keep things unresolved and comes to a moment that they cannot hold back and boom, shit hits the fan and they don't know how to deal with it. And what do they do? They run in opposite directions. Yeah. That's the truth. That's the, yeah. that's the stone cold facts right there. I was thinking about this today while I was at Trader Joe's and I, and I notes apped a little thing that I came up with. Bet and Tina love each other so much that they rather not say how they feel in order to to not compromise each other, but then it ends up blowing up in their faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, those were mostly all the comments. Some of them are like in and out of order. So I'm sorry if we didn't read yours, but they're pretty much the same gist. Communication issues. I think, did we read, we didn't read the one by Lee. No, I don't think so. So you could go for that if you want. There are a lot of points, but top is they seem to not fight for each other when things get too tough, question mark. Like one of them always opens their hand and forgets about what they're holding onto. When they realize they should have held tighter, they bulldoze each other along the way. Oof. That's the truth though. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so then Jenny just jumped in. Most people think they are toxic based on what is being shown on TV. But I think we also need to consider that before the OG, they were already together for seven years. And before Gen Q, they were married for several years. It's true. it's true. There's a lot we haven't seen. And of course we see the dramatic stuff because it's TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like this season, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more given this episode and all their screen time. I feel like this season, they both have something right on the tip of their tongue that they need to scream at each other and they just haven't done it yet. They've done yes. Yes. like playing cordial and like, you know, having just enough conflict that they can kind of get away with it and keep rolling with the punches. But like, whew. If I had knocked on that door, I would have been interested to see where that conversation would have gone. Oh, yeah. I want to, yeah, they kept getting interrupted, which was, I think, you know, obviously the point, but I don't think we're actually going to get a reason why they got divorced. Like, I don't think there's never going to be a definite reason as sure. to why they got divorced. I don't think they want to blame it on either of them. No, which um, narratively makes sense because I don't think at the end of the day, like, a, a reason is going to be good enough. Yeah, it's going to get crazy. And, and I think they recognize that. And so they're just like, you know what? Fill in the blank with your own reason. But I would love to know, maybe in the writer's room, what they've possibly come up with yeah. to add to the character's aggression towards one another. Like, obviously, for Bet, we know that to her, it seemed like it was a blindsided divorce. Yes. And then Tina has made it under, like her, has made it that that was suffocating. That's all we got. Yeah. 
communication. So Tori just commented, will you read hers? I'm gonna read. Uh, I don't think I did. So this is the last one and then we'll move forward. It's a little disjointed. Um, oh, I think Tori was the one who requested that we talk. Oh, about she it. was, yes. Yep, yep, okay. So she said she's excited to hear us talk about it. And then she said, also the part that Rosie said in an interview that Bet has more than enough chances not just that one time when she cheated with the plumber. Can't figure out what that means. What chances are those? I what chances? I think she's talking about the time that Rosie was on Instagram talking about, like she was like trolling people on Instagram yeah. <laughs> and was like, Bet has had, Bet has had her chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like something, just speaking as an actor that people have to realize is that when actors are doing press for things like this, they very often are speaking sort of from a place where they're at least half in character, especially when they're kind of joking around with stuff like that. So I think that was at least half Carrie speaking and not like, so I don't think that was fully like, I think that was more of a joke than people seem to be taking it as. So yeah, I don't think it was Rosie being like, this is 500% canon because fun fact, she's an actor. She can't do that. So I think she, I think she loves to antagonize the Tibet, the Tibet stands. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, stand, I think it's fucking hilarious. Yes. It's amazing. Me too. Because and the hags, they lose their fucking minds. <laughs> yeah. Because how dare honestly, Rosie do that to them? Yeah. And it's part of the reason a big part of the reason probably that she got cast as Carrie because she can do stuff like that and not care so totally good for her basically she can yep she can definitely hold her own uh right now in the poll we have a 39% yes a 61% no did she live, live updates during the episode nope uh, Britt, do you want to go into your, uh, oh, yeah, my little, yeah. yeah, you want to do that? So, okay. so, okay. First of all, I don't think any Tina antis actually listen to this podcast because I don't know why you would, but <laughs> for some reason you do. I've been noticing a lot of Tina slander on the timeline this past week. Um, someone even put up an age photo of her with Trump 2024 signs on it. First of all, Tina Kennard would never vote for Donald Trump if he were to run again. Second of all, Laurel Holloman is very open about being a Trump anti. So real. That's the wrong bitch there. Yeah. Um, so I think actually I'm going to ask Taylor to talk a little bit more about this because Taylor has some very grounded responses into people saying that Tina's a crybaby and that she's attention seeking she's this we've had these conversations before Taylor yeah I just want you to speak your truth on that oh man I just feel like I haven't spoken that truth in a very long time I know you got it um I mean I don't know first of all I just think that I think in general people saying that anyone's sensitivity is something to be ashamed of is just kind of a shitty thing to say um you know in real life or about a fictional character um I think that as 
a sensitive person. That's one of the things that I really admire and can relate to about Tina and that that's something that I've always appreciated about her story is that she is, you know, on the softer side and she is sensitive and for a large portion of the show, she isn't great at sticking up for herself and yet Bette Porter (laughs) loves her. Mm And that's something that I've always really liked. And so when people start going on about like, oh, she's a crybaby, she's weak, whatever, like I hate her, especially when they're big Bet Porter fans, Mm -hmm. that to me says that like, as someone who relates to Tina because of that aspect of her, that like you are not worthy of someone like that Porter loving you mm-hmm. because you feel a lot of things. Sure. No, I like that. Which is a shitty message to send to someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I just think that like I think that sensitivity, especially in our culture right now, is something that we could actually use a lot more of. And I think that it's something that we should not shame anyone fictional or real for. Yeah. Tell it. That's right. I agree. I don't know how people, I don't feel like I've ever watched a TV show and hated a character. Like, I feel like if you truly love a show as much as some of these people say they love this show, you wouldn't hate any of the characters. You would see what they, you'd see their flaws and maybe the things that they did wrong and be disappointed. Sure. We wouldn't hate a character. Like, you wouldn't full on. Like, I don't even hate Jenny that much. Like, she had her purpose. Yeah. I hated the things that she did, but she had a purpose. And, like, Tina in the L word is an important part of it. And that's why it's so important to have her in Gen Q. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know. And, And it's hard because I really have to take a step back from this and kind of like look at it. And it's part of the reason that I'm I'm glad that Gen Q has brought this up because it actually made me feel really validated, especially in this past episode when like it started happening. Mm-hmm. Um, is, Cause I feel like it's the L word kind of looking at their own history and being like, oh yeah, let's kind of talk about that. Um, because I do feel honestly like a lot of the Tina hate comes from some deeply, deeply rooted biphobia in the lesbian community. And I, you know, I don't know how to sugarcoat that. Like I did, like that's just what it is Mm -hmm. because I feel like in a lot of conversations, when you get down to it, that's what it ends up being. Yeah. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. Yeah. And hmm. that's, that sucks. Yeah. You know, like, it sucks that that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have done a really good job this season talking more about biphobia and bisexuality in general because i feel like a lot of times in the past it was just kind of skirted over um even with them exploring it with micah i can appreciate that too Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so yeah have we got it all out of our system (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. I feel like you asked me to talk about two things and I only talked about one, but I didn't remember what the other one was. So no, you did a great job, Taylor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the episode. Yeah, it's the end of the episode. Is that right? We're not going to review the. No, I said let's get into the episode. Oh, I'm like, oh, okay, we're wrapping it up. That's fine. <laughs> no, you don't. Get to anyways, be... I'm a little tie tie. <laughs> no, you don't get to go to bed that easily. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the main goal when we start recording is just getting me to bed. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. Even though because... Taylor's two hours ahead of me. No, guys, behind you. Yeah, no. yeah, behind me, and Francesca is one hour ahead of me i'm saying that right yeah so i really i'm not the one who should be complaining about going to bed but you hear i am really what happened is that i moved to the west coast and i screwed everything up so we just have to get through this as quickly as possible so we can tuck grandma Brittany into bed (laughs) thank god i'm an insomniac all right for real (laughs) yeah and it works out for francesca she just doesn't sleep yeah ever (sighs) well Let's start talking about Last Dance. Uh, I was really excited for this episode. We knew Jordan said it was one of her favorite episodes. I was really excited for it because I knew Angie was going to go to prom mm-hmm. and we were going to have Tina there. And so, yeah. And, oh, and, and we knew that Tina was going to be there without Carrie. Yeah. So yes. bonus. Yep. Finally, she could have some screen time yep. because let's be real. We love Carrie, but she really took up that screen time. Sure did. Yeah. This episode opens up in front of the new and improved CAC, where artists are protesting the Nunez wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pippa is dragging Bet out of the CAC to show her what is what what her what her legacy will be. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because the way the last episode ended. They were like, yeah, well, let's like blow shit up for good or whatever the quote was. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're just in the thick of it. Yeah. Into okay. the thick of it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We made yeah. it. I was like, and the thing I was thinking is I was like, Bet, is this what you want your legacy to be? Really? Like. She's so confused. It's just not. I'm still, like Phoebe says, I'm so angry. Like we didn't dive more into her art stuff. Like we wasted so much time on. Yeah. Pippa. Whatever the hell was her and Pippa for this. Like, yeah. I feel like it literally was like, welcome back to the art world. That ooh, Pippa. Like, yeah. Look, shiny thing. Ooh, gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, like they had an opportunity to really show her being invested and, and passionate again about her career. And yet the focus became her romantic relationships all season. And right. the only thing she was passionate about in her career was Pippa. Yes. Right. Like, there was no actually diving into this concept of her, like, yes, working with this horribly, openly racist man, but doing it to try to, like, work within the system to promote artists of color. It was, like, five seconds of that and then immediately on to Pippa. Like, there was no time to honor that because it was just Pippa. Yeah, and so I, it feels really hollow because there was no time spent on that, except for that one artist that they spent and, like two minutes of an episode on before they switched to Pippa. And then she had sex on his artwork. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of <laughs> fucked up. Like Ben. <laughs> oh my god. Well, anyway, the protest seemed very much like season one protest, except uh, it was lacking a plumber and the police. 
Also, I would just like to say again, because again, I'm very indignant on Danny's behalf. Way to repay her for all the shit she fucking did for you in season one, Bet. Like, yeah, I feel like Danny should have like, I don't think it should have been a surprise. I think Danny should have asked her first what she thought. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But again, it's kind of like I said last time, I also feel like Bet should have a little more empathy for why Danny's yeah. maybe not like completely thinking clearly right now. Mm-hmm. Next scene, we have Alice um, um, at, at her office doing an interview. And the interviewer asks her, so who is Alice dating now? Who's the lucky lady? And Alice doesn't say anything because she is dating a man named Tom. <laughs> You can just see Alice's eyes go, uh-oh. Yeah. And you trouble. know what? Even though Alice is bi and Alice has said she's bi and this, I think she built a platform on being a lesbian. Oh, for sure. And like I she think- 100% got herself into this mess through, I think, her own internalized biphobia. Yes. So there was that. Anyone else have a comment on that? We just really want to get to the good stuff. All right. Sophie can't find Finley. But where is Finley? It has been hours. It has been days. We don't see her again until the end of the episode. Where has she been? We don't know. We'll never find out. (laughs) We're going to keep it moving. Hospital. We are now in the hospital. Mm -hmm. We are with Bet. We are with Tina. We are with Angie. Angie doesn't want to wear Bet Porter's cufflinks. I'm hung up on that. Your mother is Bet Porter. You don't want to wear her cufflinks. That's like, (laughs) but that's like a, that that is like a, a heterosexual family saying, do you want to wear my diamond earrings? And you say, no, no, you wear your mother's cufflinks. Not, not Carrie. Someone, someone on space has called them a Groupon cufflinks or the Walmart cufflinks. They were saying. I mean, God bless Angie, though, for just trying to, like, unite the family. I know. She's just trying she's to be, trying like, fair, so decent, kind. And, woo, she's hurting her mama be in the process. I know. So then this also is the scene where Angie's so much like both her moms in the scene. And then Marcus's wife comes out. Um, they agree that Beth's going to go talk to her. We find out that Marcus does not want to see Angie at the moment. And Angie's now devastated. I know. Also that line where they were like, I can't believe you're old enough to go to prom. Big mood. Same. Same. (laughs) It was just yesterday you were just a little tiny tot. Mm -hmm. Next scene, we have Gigi and Danny enjoying their breakfast at Danny's father's mansion. How lovely. Must be nice. Mm -hmm. Like, just leisurely. Who has time in the morning to have a leisurely breakfast like that? They all do. They make their own damn schedules. They, they, right? Job. Nobody has to work. We're doing something wrong here. I know. Now we're back at Bet's house. Um, Tina goes after Bet. I think it's I think it's unfair because uh, she wants Bet to, like, had really dug into this woman. The woman's husband is dying, Tina. Bet Porter is yeah. not going to rip her head off in that moment. I think there, Bet was showing some empathy it's true um alice brings alcohol which i thought was really funny um tina is tina's still eating still eating from the og in every scene we love that for her and yeah oh my god i didn't even think of that you're right that's amazing when alice offers her a drink love that scene she's like why i didn't tell her to bring it yeah 
uh, from your perspective as an actor, I know actors normally when they're eating on set, they spit the food out. Do you think Laurel is just actually eating? Cause she- Oh, I think Laurel's just fully think she's, like just munching. Yeah. She's always I think, eating. I love it so much. Yeah. Always eating in the show. It'd be too much for them to have to keep cutting for her to spit. Like she's yeah, legitimately eating. No, I think eating. because it's just like munchy food and it's not like the focus of the scene. I think she's probably just munching. Like if it were like, oh, look, Tina's eating a mm-hmm. carrot stick, then she would have to like keep doing it. But I think because it's just yeah. a laurel thing, apparently, I think she's fine. I would love and, to, I would love to um, see a, like a, a fan cam of all the times Tina eats throughout the series because I swear she's always munching. Carrots, munching at the planet. I think there is one. Is there? And Jenny, then they, I think, and then they don't, they show her. No. Am I thinking this up between Bet's legs? Am I making this she, up? No, it's oh Bet between <laughs> Tina's leg. It, it's the pictures of Bet, eat, Bet Porter eating and then one yeah. of them is between Tina's yes. legs. Yes. Um, <gasps> then we have... Also, moody teenage Angie in that scene finally happens. Yes, finally. Yeah. She's giving her moms a run for the money here with the, with the mood. Which I love that, like, we finally, like, that, I feel like we got a glimpse of, like, actual just domestic Tibet family there for half a second, with Angie just being, like, a normal moody teenager, and wife Bet and wife Tina just being, like, how, how is this our fault? <laughs> for a second, we forget they were divorced. Yeah. Yep. Uh, then Shane and, oh, well, then we have the cute scene with, like, Tina and Alice talking about Shane and Tess and then Shane and Tess enter. This is what Shane should have been wearing the entire season. I don't know. All of a sudden Shane finally has great clothes. <laughs> I think it's really cute when Bet hits Alice's back to like remind her to ask about Tess's mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then question. I don't remember if this was like on spaces or if this was like on the timeline or if this was said like at the bar on Friday night, but people think Tess is lying about her mom. A lot of people do. Really? I yes, oh, yeah, because a didn't very popular she, opinion. Wasn't the whole reason she went to Vegas because she was getting worse? Yeah. Yes, but people are saying who was she on the phone with in the hotel room that was not her mom? Her sponsor. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I, okay that yes, yeah. That makes okay. Yep. She was on the phone with her sponsor. I'll remind people of that when I see them. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think she's lying. I, I think that I don't think she's Tessa's lying. character either. in general is like based on honesty. That's why I thought that's the reason she yeah. was that she in the beginning. When her and the what are name what was her name? Lena broke up. Yeah. Yep. And then Shane brings beer and says, Good things happen to those who wait. Yeah. I just love that both Shane and Alice brought alcohol and had the same exact yeah. reason. It's for from! Yeah. <laughs> me that, that's me as an aunt yeah for real that that would be you Francesca <laughs> there's so much good Francesca would walk on. in who wants a Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> <laughs> oh my god not the Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> wait talking about underage drinking real quick Rosie O'Donnell did the did, brought back the Rosie O'Donnell show for the actors fun at the beginning of the pandemic and on there, she was talking about how she was talking about white claws, and she said, "Yeah, the alcohol for kids." <laughs> and I feel like you just heard a, a sigh across the world. Whoever was watching, going, "No, there's no alcohol for kids." Really. 
my mom and I were sitting there like, Rosie, what are you saying? <laughs> Which also Carrie mood. Yeah. God, that was yeah. even before she was cast as Carrie. What a time. Anyway. Oh my God. Um, now we have Sophie in the car calling the police about Finley. Girl, find your girlfriend. But then Sophie goes to her mom's house for her grandmother's birthday. Uh, Micah's there. Maribel's there. Their mom doesn't know that Micah and Maribel are dating. Um, and then Sophie has to tell the family about Finley. And everything blows up and they start having a really fantastic uh, conversation in Spanish, which I absolutely loved, even though I didn't understand it. But I loved it because it was so natural and so right for the scene. Um, and then Maribel says that she loves Micah and poor Micah sitting there half knowing Spanish, not really knowing what's happening. <laughs> that poor man. I know. I know. Also, I just love that moment where Sophie's mom comments about how much drama there is. I was like, Sophie's mom understands mm -hmm. what's up in this situation. Then after that, Danny tries to go to the CAC. The CAC. The CAC. <laughs> are, you, CAC. are you a fucking speaking spell? I think I just broke. <laughs> Malfunctioned. <laughs> Danny tries to go to the CAC and also bully the man that that Porter was bullying. Doesn't work. Then we're back at Beth's kitchen where she's talking to Alice about the newspaper article. She says how she wants Pippa to meet Angie. Um, Alice doesn't know, know what to do about Tom and goes into a whole little short little spiel to Beth about, you know, how lesbians are biphobic. Um, by now, gay later. And then Alice asks Angie if anyone will care that she's dating Tom and Angie just goes, nobody cares. <laughs> Which I love because yeah. A just i fucking love you angie and b i also think it is kind of just like a really good sort of depiction of the generational difference that i feel like nobody in that generation actually does care like and that it is kind of like the older generations that that is like because i feel like being bisexual today is tame you know, like, it's just so not that, like, a thing. You know, there's so many other deviations and, like, things that you can be that it's like, okay, yeah, you're bi, so what? No one cares. Yeah, and I think maybe a lot more people, a lot of more people are bi than they think they are. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the next scene we have is Tess and Shane talking to Tina. And my biggest issue with this was Tina saying, was agreeing that Carrie is a bit of an Eeyore. Yeah. Red flag, girl. I know. Because like, Tina, so Alice told Tina that Shane and Tess spent a good portion of their time with Carrie. I feel like the way, like from a storyline point of view, the way the, way the conversation between Tina, Shess, Tina, Shane, and Tess was written was very like it was very obvious like that's what we were trying to get at in that little moment is like tina talking to shane like thank you for taking care of carrie 
it was, it was very deliberate that we were trying to like open those doors to Shane and Tess saying the secret. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And they, they didn't. And then they, and they didn't, yeah. which is yeah. the point. But Tina's acting very, like she doesn't know, obviously she doesn't know, but she's like really playing on the fact that she doesn't know anything. And she's trying to put the pieces together of why is Carrie acting weird. And automatically she's trying to blame that when that really didn't do anything that detrimental. To be fair, though, I don't blame Tina for assuming it was bad. No, no, no. I don't. I don't blame her for assuming it was bad. But it was hostile when when we get to the that it was like. But, but like, I don't blame her for being hostile because like. But she. There is a pattern of behavior there that I feel like, in any other situation that hostility would have been warranted but i think it's different because i feel like if carrie would have said to tina you know bet was like really nasty to me then yeah then tina had every but if carrie didn't say anything to you why are you coming guns a blazing because i feel like if my fiance after going to an event alone like with my ex-wife all of a sudden is like not talking to me and like acting really weird and said ex-wife has a history of being to put it lightly a bit difficult to handle like it's not that hard a jump to make i don't feel like i think it was very hostile if, if Bet i mean i don't if disagree Bet was very hostile to danny then tina was very hostile to bet i don't disagree that it was hostile i just don't think it was irrational hostility tiebreaker over there in the corner what do you think i think i don't have an opinion okay <laughs> we tried i'm gonna let you two work this out. <laughs> <laughs> um shane and tess in the laundry room i want that porter's laundry room so badly yeah it's a great line right okay but can we talk about i just have some questions like shane and tess i love you but there are a bunch of children in the house like those maybe children don't have sex right now. Like those children are sitting on a couch that Bet Porter had sex on multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but she's not having sex on it right now. But we know it happened. But it's not <laughs> happening right now know, with the I children know, in the house. <laughs> I know. Um, I do want to know. I want to. I'm just going to make the assumption that the flannel hanging on the on the hook was Bet's and not Angie's. I'm just going to make that assumption right now. I love that assumption. Okay, we're going to roll with forever. that. Next up, we have the prom photos. Jennifer and her little camera. You know that was Jennifer and her camera. Oh, yeah. She was really directing those kids on where to stand. Did you hear her? Yeah. <laughs> she was really what? giving them direction. Bet directing people. What? Shocking. <laughs> I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, then Angie starts having a panic attack. Um, Jordy, which I loved. That's I where the fisheye lens came from. Yes, we figured yes. that out. Yes, and I love that they like had Angie. I mean, like I don't love that Angie was suffering, obviously, but I love that they kept that thread of anxiety because mm -hmm. oh look, anxiety is genetic. Ha yes. ha. Like you can see that thread from Tina to Angie. And I just thought that was a really cool little detail. Um, then Jordy 
is kind of like pushing Angie and like I don't I know a lot of people come after Jordy for being like insensitive but I kind of I feel like if I was Jordy in that moment I would just be like I would try to also say like kind of get it together like forget about that right now and like like let's just enjoy our night and have fun like let's enjoy this don't don't get hung up on Marcus and then she says like you know your donor's the asshole and that completely triggers Angie and she runs off no The next scene we have is Danny back at her apartment. She gets home, uh, I'm assuming from the CAC or whatever she was doing that day. I think she had to talk to lawyers too. Um, and she basically lies to Gigi about going to Eli's recorder concert, which girl, you didn't have to lie. You could have just said I had a rough day and I just can't, just can't bring myself to go. Gigi would have understood. Yes, yeah, Gigi, Gigi would have been fine with that. She understands feeling you don't gotta lie to Gigi. No. Um, so now we're back at Beth's house with uh, Tina, and this is where Tina, we have, you know, starts yelling at Beth about what could have happened with Carrie, and then a knock on the door happens, and Tina opens the door like she lives there. Yep, that was exactly <laughs> what I thought when I watched it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, is this your door, Tina? Do you live here? Like, I am right to it. Yeah. We love it for her. She looks good opening that door. She should she do does. Yes, I agree. And it's Pippa. And Tina is now starting to put the pieces together. At first, she's like, oh, I love you. I went to one, but took me to one of your shows in Harlem, yada, yada, yada. It changed my life. I still think about it to this day. And then she's like, oh, fuck. That's fucking this woman. Yep. Yep. skull <laughs> standing in your house. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Tina, oh, but I love you. You know what? That made me... That made me so sad when she said that though because that just like made me think about how Bet and Tina had this like whole life that we didn't see. Mm-hmm. I think about that. They went on a lot of trips and they did a lot of things and yeah, they enjoy doing a lot of the same things even though they're different people. Like they enjoy doing the things that the other person enjoys together. Yeah, yeah. which is why they work so well because they are very different but they enjoy doing the same things so there's enough of a difference that they don't like clash but enough of a commonality they can get along and speak the same language yes and they help each other get through the things that they also hate like if tina wanted to hate like say tina had to go to a movie premiere and she just wasn't looking forward to it that would like kind of stand like step up and like make her feel better about going and going with her and like supporting her and that would make Tina feel better where if Bet had to go to like an art world thing that she just didn't really want to go to Tina would make it better for her yeah I miss them anyway uh now we're at oh Pippa and Bet have a moment in the kitchen where Pippa talks about how the CAC is going to pull the Nunez wing and um they have a moment they have their closed mouth kisses and <laughs> very very important that we specify that the closed mouth kisses and uh that starts crying and people wanted to say it was like she bar but no she bar was they kissed because they were they wanted to get back together this was bet was happy that the cac pulled the nunez name off the wing yeah it's Different. not remotely the same <laughs> it's not the same at all <laughs> Um, then Shane and Alice give Angie some good advice about going to prom. Angie decides to go. Then we cut back down to downstairs where Bet and Pippa are kissing in the doorway. And Tina 
has to see it from the kitchen, from the dining room. And she asks about how long have you been seeing each other? And Beth goes, not long. I will say the only thing I did enjoy about that, the only thing, I thought it was really cute how Pippa had her hands on Beth's waist, Beth's hips. That's it. No comment. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you keep digging for Pippa comments from us. You're not going to get them. Because like... I'm trying to have a conversation. <laughs> You know, I don't want to have a conversation about Pippa and Beth, though. I want to have a conversation about Beth and Tina getting back together. That's what I want to talk about. All right. Well, we're getting there. Okay. Maybe next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> one can hope. Probably uh, not, but one can hope. Then Beth goes, I think we should go back. Tina says, back to what? I don't know. I don't know, Tina. Your, your ex-wife was just kissing someone in a doorway. You want to go back to what? <laughs> New York. <laughs> listen, listen. I think, I mean, clearly that line was like, okay, we, we need something juicy for the trailer. We need a line in there. Yeah. But I will also say that it does show Tina's thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tina wants to go back. Yeah. Can't fool me. <laughs> Tina, it's written all over your face, honey. We see you. We see you loud and clear. And again, I know I, I will bring it up. Because it is one of Tina's faults that when she sees Bet with someone else, she wants Bet back. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I will yep. say that. You know, yep, yep, yep. Not always fair, but it happens. I yep. will agree with that. I can admit to that. Um. So they decide that they're going to go back to the hospital. But before we get to the hospital, we now visit um, Micah and Maribel again. They're watching some cute shows on Netflix. They have a cute little conversation, and. Yada, yada, yada. They work their stuff out. Now we're at the hospital. Brit, pay attention. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just kissing my dough. All right. <laughs> Bet and Tina are back at the hospital. Bet is doing some sort of press. Tina's playing with her ring and is uh, kind of upset that Bet's talking so highly about Pippa. Then Tina asks Bet, why can't you just be happy for Carrie and I? Bet goes into some weird panicky explanation of I am happy for you and Carrie, yada, yada, yada. Then Tina takes a long, drawn-out pause, rolls her head a bit, turns to Bet and goes, are you still in love with me? And Bet goes into full gay panic. She, yep. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> she sure then does. they get interrupted by Marcus's wife, who, say, who says, Marcus is ready to see you now. That's face. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Bet gets up and she looks like she's ready to pass out because she does not get to answer. She cannot think. All this did was give her more time on how to think of a lie. Oh, yeah. Um, next up, we have Danny and Gigi are having dinner. The truth is revealed that Danny lied to Gigi. Gigi looks upset. She has a cute little pout. They end up comforting each other. And Gigi says, you're pretty prickly when you're sad. Yeah, that's cute. And then Danny says, Gigi is all that she has which some people think is foreshadowing to them breaking up because Danny needs to go out and find new people to have in her life. Mm. Now we have Sophie and Tess, the most rare. I watched this episode three times and I missed this conversation three times. All I know, all I remember is that this was a scene in the trailer that we could not decipher enough between the, the wrist tattoos and the skin color and it ended up being Tess and Sophie talking about Finley and how she's in a terrible place. Mm -hmm. And by terrible place, I mean peeing in front of Danny's apartment door. How did she know the address? How did she get yeah. up there? Isn't there a doorman? 
Those are all very good questions, actually. Then she puts her hand in her own piss. She touches her hair. She touches the door. God only knows what else she touches with the piss-filled hand. Danny calls Sophie and Sophie has to come and get her. Now we have Alice on the phone with Rachel Maddow. I wonder if that was actually Rachel Maddow or someone impersonating her. Because they didn't exactly say it was Rachel Maddow. They just alluded to it. That's a good and question. Rachel uh, hangs up on Alice after Alice says that she's dating a cis heterosexual male. Cut to after Alice talks to good old Rachel Maddow. Uh, and Rachel acts a little biphobic. I don't know. Rachel's probably not biphobic in real life. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Don't go into Rachel Maddow's DMs because I said this. Just saying what the show is doing. Angie and Jordy are now at prom. They have a cute little dance scene in the hallway. Um, but now Bet and Tina are back at the hospital with Marcus. They have cute little moments, their little eye contact. We taught her well. That was so cute. It's kind of sad when Marcus says his art will be worth more after he dies, but it's yeah. true. And that then the entire scene was just very bittersweet. It was. Yeah. It was interesting. I didn't expect us to meet Marcus because Tina and Bet were talking to him. I thought it was going to be Angie who got to talk to yeah, him. Yeah, me too. But so interesting. God, it was just so weird seeing, I don't know. It just it was just like a weird. It's one of the beautiful parts of the show is like even though that wasn't the man who played the original Marcus, like it was still like a, it, I, even every time like we see Angie with Bet and Tina, like it's just like a such a magical moment like we see them 10 years later or however many years later, which is really nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's only like a handful of shows that have, have done that. Yeah. yeah. Worse, we, I just feel lucky that we get that opportunity. It's like we saw them then and now we see them now. Like we know their history. For sure. Yeah. And it makes sense for the future. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the next thing we see is Finley having a very powerful monologue while drunk. Um, she calls Danny and Gigi both very hot. And Sophie has to come and get Finley after a very, I think Jacqueline did an amazing job with that scene. Yeah. She really, for everything I want to say that I hate about Finley, like that whole scene really tied Jack's together. Jack's killing it. Was, it. Yeah. Um, it was raw. It was emotional. I'm glad they didn't just bypass the storyline like they did with Shane. Yes. Yeah, that serious drug problem in the original series. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad they're delving yes. into it more. Yes. And it looks like they're going to delve into it even more next episode. Yep. I cannot believe that we're coming to the finale. I cannot believe I don't know how. I feel like we were just having the watch party for the premiere. I know. It feels like we were just, it feels like it was June 1st and we were getting the trailer. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And we were like, oh my God, how are we going to make it to August? And we're like, oh my God, then it's going to be done by October. And it's crazy. And then the final scenes, we have Bet and Tina leaving Marcus's bedside. When they turn that corner outside the hospital room, they just like fit so well together. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to code. Tina and Bet are pushed up against a counter as the little paddle machine goes by them and pushes them together. Crash cart. Crash cart. I like the paddle machine better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, they were bringing the paddle machine and just cart <laughs> they're bringing the crash cart in to save him um i will admit the entire time i was in there like kiss kiss 
inappropriate, I know, but kiss. <laughs> okay, now kiss. No, no kiss. Yeah. Um, and we just see a, a really great montage of Bette and Tina in shock, Angie at prom dancing, back and forth, back and forth. And then we have a very fantastic hug that lasts all of 0.5 seconds. Um, but I do want to bring up the lyrics. We've all listened to the song. We've all read the lyrics. But the lyrics to the song that was playing, the part that always gets me is, um, you've been walking alone for, for so long and you've been building a wall around your heart. But I promise there is a light at the end of this long ride. This time I know you'll be all right because I'm standing by your side. Because when you feel like you've been falling, hold on to me. And when the river sweeps, you right out off your feet, hold on to me. I think the song was like a perfect, um, and they've been killing it with the music. The music means yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. The music Their has music those hidden messages. on point. Yes. I feel like every song has had a secret meaning, so. Yeah. But yeah, the episode ends with that hug, with that 0.5 second hug. Yep. They finally touched. Mm -hmm. Finally. We got a crumb. Teeny tiny crumb, but it was a good crumb. But next so, week, we know it all goes, or this coming week, we know it goes to shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've literally yep. just seen like three seconds and we just all assume the worst. Yeah. Yep. I've said it before, but this is my theory. Mm -hmm. Shane tells Bet what Carrie says. Bet feels like it's in like she has to do the right thing by telling Tina. Tina finds out then from Bet. Tina confronts Carrie at the worst possible time, probably. Carrie calls off the wedding. And then it the, because Bet told Tina, Tina blames Bet. I think there is yet to be a like there's gonna be an altercation between Bet and Carrie at that bar i think carrie is going to be drunk like i said i don't think that we've seen the last of drunk carrie that's true and they did set yeah. that up pretty nicely yeah yeah but yeah in the end i think that's gonna just she's gonna just speak too much and she's gonna piss tina off as we can see it's all gonna go bad then like, and what do you think is gonna happen with pippa yeah because that look on pippa's face is really interesting to me because it's like, is Pippa hearing some of this? Does Pippa hear what Bet says or what Tina says or what Carrie says? Or Yeah, because it looks like Pippa's upset about something mm -hmm. I wonder that has if... happened in that situation. Yeah. I wonder if if um, Pippa and Bet will have a conversation about like Bet and Tina and this wedding and all this stuff and maybe Bet says something to Pippa along the lines of like, you don't have to worry. Like, I'm not, I'm over Tina. Like we've moved on, you know, like reassuring her that there's no drama. And then Pippa witnesses all the drama. <laughs> what do you think that party is though? Maybe it's an end of the season rap party for Alice. Maybe Danny and Gigi are engaged already by next episode. <laughs> oh Time God. is weird in this show. You never know. I know, but it's because I'm thinking, I was like, I had the, th I thought maybe it was like a party for Tina and Carrie, but why would Bet be there with Pippa? I mean, I guess yeah. weirder things have happened. But then I was like, they're not really dressed like it's a party for them. Tina, Tina doesn't look that dressed up. She's pretty casual. Um, 
Maybe it's just an event. They're not at Dana's. No, they're at Dana's. They are at Dana's. Maybe they're just, maybe it's just an event, like another. Yeah. Like kind of how they did karaoke night, similar to that. But no. I guess. I don't know. The lights are on. It's like a party. It's like when Bet had her election. Maybe it's an thing. thing. It's a what thing? Know. Yeah. Maybe they're, thing. maybe they're celebrating their win with getting the Nunez off the wing. I guess. I don't know. I wonder who else will be there. I wonder if like the whole Kent Caboodle group will be there. But yeah, I don't something's going to happen. I wonder how much of the episode is going to be taken up by that too because we also see Oh yeah, uh, the trial. Fin- yeah, there's the trial, there's Finley, there's the um the intervention and yep. then there's this party. Yep. Do we think we'll get some sort of I feel like they've been kind to us where it's like we're not totally on a cliffhanger like obviously it's a finale but do you think that scene where Tina yells at Bet do you think there'll be some sort of conversation afterwards or do you think that's it? That, well, that, that's I'm trying to remember cuz didn't they say that everything kind of like comes together and then ends kind of on a cliffhanger i think is what we were that's what leisha said yeah Yeah, leisha said every character kind of ends on a cliffhanger leisha's on i mean alice is on a plane oh yeah well and remember remember in um, ari's interview she said that thing about the end of the the season ends badly because of that yeah or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote now. She said the end of the season ends, ends badly. And then what I think one of the hosts of the podcast said, oh, because of Bet. Maybe she laughed or something. Yeah. But I feel like Bet's definitely going to pull some sort of like similar Finley move about. That's the full circle I think is going to happen. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm. I guess we'll see. We got a couple more days to go and then we'll know for sure. We got two days. That's so weird. I know. Two days, and then we gotta wait God knows how long for the next season. (laughs) Hopefully they start filming after the holidays. Yeah. I feel like that's reasonable. They could start shooting during the after the holidays. Yeah. Yes, this has been episode 28 of All Things Tibet Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. I'm Taylor. We'll see you next week.